Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. Check this out. We got a special one for you today. Um, You see the title. I had the idea of wanting to talk to not only someone that I respect as a fellow podcast and, and a homeboy, but somebody who is a huge fan of hip hop as well. Sport, huge sports fan uh, as well. Um, and what I wanted to do was because everybody kind of, if you listen to this podcast, if you follow me, you kind of know my thoughts on uh, two MCs, uh, Tupac and Biggie. And this particular episode, we're going to talk about Biggie, but more specifically, what we're going to talk about is the perspective from a fan, what they think would have happened if Biggie were still alive. Now, the cool part about this is that, at least for me, I get to sit back and just listen to the perspective of someone who really, really enjoyed Biggie and his music. Ladies and gentlemen, my man, fellow podcaster, husband, father, businessman, Manny Brown is in the building. Manny, what up, baby? What's going on, my bro? What's going on, man? It's man, an honor. I say good, that a lot, man. but it's it's legit an honor, man. You you are one of my uh my my mentors in the in the podcast game. So it's always an honor to be on the same microphone with you, man. Man, always, man. Appreciate it, man. It, it, this sure. dude been knowing him for a while, knows his stuff again, a huge hip hop head. A huge, and when I mean huge, sports fan. Um, bo- born and raised in Brooklyn, right? Is that correct? Born and raised in Brooklyn, man. Born and raised in Brooklyn. Spent some years in life in Florida as well, but uh, def- def- my my basically from birth to age seventeen, is it's been it's been New York City, man. It's been Brooklyn. yeah. The only bad thing I can say about him is he's a Mets fan. Hey, 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 we won't see. We see. We, 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 we exchange the pleasantries. We being nice to each I'm other. I'm a Yankees man. Need, Come on, man. Don't need that. No need that. You know what? We could we could have just kept that down low. You know what I mean? We didn't even have to expose. Hey, all but that. y'all y'all are doing well this year, man. I'm I'm happy. Y'all are maybe, doing as well. Y'all, maybe, you know, maybe I hate to see it. The one year the Mets are actually doing really really great. Of right. course, the Yankees are better right now. Anyway, hey man, who knows? Maybe just maybe November we might see each other. Oh man. Listen, that would be a blessing. Listen, hey, we we might have to just do a special twelve Kyle. I know, right? Subway series, <laughs> series edition, like this. this right. That's how. Le- that's the levels to this. No doubt, no doubt. Well, like I said, Brooklyn native man, so I got you on here to talk about Biggie. Yeah. So what I did was I, I I specifically said I wanted to get just, and we can do them one by one. Uh, Ten things from you that you thought would would have happened had Biggie still lived. Obviously, we know. Biggie was uh, tragically taken away from us uh, March 9th, 1997. Yeah. Um, senselessly, and we still don't know who murdered Biggie. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Well, I know it's crazy. And I've done a few podcasts on, you know, my perspective of Biggie. And, um, you know, obviously we reviewed his albums and you and I were just talking about, you know, his albums right before. And, you know, we really, you know, even as being such big fans as we are, we still feel kind of robbed because we still didn't get to get biggie in his prime i mean if biggie had lived he'd be you know 50 years old now um so let's start there man um you know before we even get to that let me ask you a quick question yeah what was your introduction to biggie what what was do you remember like your first time hearing him uh first song you know your your first memory of Biggie. 
Yeah, my first memory of Biggie, just my introduction to Biggie as a whole. So I, um, so I'm 35 now. So when Ready to Die came out, it was obviously 1994. I was eight years old, and I was just starting to get into hip hop. Like you know, you still as, as you're eight years eight years old, so you kind of like <laughs> listen to the songs, but you don't really right. like start understanding the context of the song. You know, you don't know what uh, one more chance necessarily means or whatever. You know, so you you know a warning or anything like that. You just like the songs. You just like. So I'm starting to get into 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 hip hop, um, and my my older brother, huge hip hop head, okay, person that got me into hip hop, or one of the people that got me into hip hop. And as soon as Ready to Die comes out, he's it's just like when I like when I tell people like when Ready to Die comes out, and just like along with Illmatic and um, Enter the Thirty Six Chambers, mm-hmm. three albums that literally ushered in the East Coast um style of hip-hop but when ready to die comes out i mean that's just the only thing you heard like it was just that's it like whatever album you was listening to before (laughs) it was was done like it was there was nothing else to really compete with it so when ready to die comes out and and i'm young so i didn't like i didn't really understand the gravity or the magnitude of that Mm -hmm. so to answer your question what i first got introduced to biggie was right around 1994 end of 95 96 um you know at this point i'm you know i'm going into being yeah i I think i had yeah i had just turned nine Mm -hmm. you know i'm in fourth grade i believe third or fourth grade i can't remember but right you know and i'm and i met one of my homies that was like a huge he's the other person that put me onto hip-hop and he was a huge Biggie fan, and he's sitting how like he literally like chapter and verse can recite every every single line, every single verse from Ready to Die. And so obviously, uh, me and him clicked up. Oh, you know, and um, and then he plays me Who Shot You because I hadn't heard Who Shot You, oh, and I and I don't believe back then. I, I think back then Who Shot You wasn't on the album version of Ready to Die. It was added later on as like a yeah, bonus. It track was. It was. But back then it wasn't. And back then, right. back in the day, for the youngest when we had tapes, <laughs> Who Shot <laughs> You was not tapes. on the album. Obviously, it was released later on. Mm-hmm. So I heard Who Shot You, and I was like, man, I was just floored. Like, like his flow, his delivery, his voice, like. That's the thing that more than anything else caught me on the biggie is just his voice. Like I don't know what it is about voices in hip hop, but just mm-hmm. the ability to that's what that's what I love about uh Jadakiss. It's just that voice. It's just it's it's iconic. So um the voice and I mean at the flow, everything, bars, everything, right? And then so I'm just I'm immediately I'm just hooked. I was already a fan to begin with, but I was hooked already. Like it was there was no going back after that. And then, um, yeah, man. And then it was just, and then, so then I was, I was going back and listening to party and bullshit, listening yeah. to some of the mixtapes and everything like that. So I spent basically 96 catching up to everything I had missed <laughs> 93 and 94 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then of course, by the time the lead up to ready uh, to life after death, I'm like, I'm just ecstatic. Like I can't even, I can't even contain myself. Like, I'm just like, I'm. You know, and again, for the kids out there, like this was back in the day. This was there was no there was no like SoundCloud. It wasn't Spotify. Right. It wasn't like right. so like you literally had to wait for these albums to drop. And then you had to go to the record store, either get the tape or right. get a CD or whatever, or get both sometimes in some instances. So, uh, yeah, man. I, so when Life After Death or when Ready to Die came out or Life After Death, I'm sorry, came out or was about to come out and uh 
it was just it, the, the lead up to that was just like it was like it was like waiting for like a marvel movie now to come out like, you're just like you're literally watching different trailers and trying to like so then of course hypnotize comes out mm. and then that just that takes it to another level hypnotize Ooh. shuts down the game to, to another level and i remember i remember when we first my brother and i first watched the hypnotize video it came on rhapsody it wasn't Rhapsody the Basement at the point. It was just Rhapsody. I think Rhapsody, Joe Claire yep. was hosting this still. Yep, yep, yep. And, uh, we, you know, I he picked me up from school. We came home. I don't even remember what the segment was, but they were like they were airing Hypnotized for the first time on Rhapsody, and then we just watched it, and it was just like watching a fucking movie on a like like you just just floors you like the production and and it's like yo these motherfuckers really made a movie in a hip-hop video like it's, just, it's i mean this is everything man i mean so that was my real introduction to to biggie man i, I kind of missed the ready to die phase i missed that obviously i went back and caught up with it obviously but right it's ready to die so my real introduction was who shot you and then everything that came in between and then of course junior mafia mm -hmm. and then all the all the, the the features that he was on throughout 95 96 with all the bad you know with, with total and and little kim so yeah it was it was it was kind of like a slow burn i would describe it for me as, as a biggie fan oh no doubt no doubt i mean that what you described really is very typical of what you know fans went through in that time frame and I, i'm glad you said that because you know even the part about going to the record store like that was an investment we had to yeah we had to leave our house to go you know purchase music you know wasn't you couldn't just whip out something and just start listening to it um my introduction man was crazy i, I remember I, I was playing football at south carolina state university mm. and uh same thing my one of my teammates he had a cassette single and um he, I, I needed some. We were, we were warming up, and getting ready for this game. We were getting ready to play against Newberry College, and uh, Newberry is not in our conference, but they're they're a um, white school. That's Newberry is probably about maybe about an hour away from where we went to school, and so it was a non-conference game, but a, a game against a team within our state. So you know we were getting up for it or whatever like that. And I needed some music, and um, I asked my boy Bruce. Shout out to Bruce. I said, uh, I said, I said, yo man, I, I see you got some tapes because I. I had tapes, but like the tapes that I wanted that I had, I, I'd already listened to them on the bus and everything. I needed something to get me hyped. And so he hands me this cassette single and it's called Dolly, my baby by super cat. Now I don't know who super cat is. <laughs> I don't know what a Dolly, my baby is, but I put it, I put it in and I play it and I'm listening and I'm listening. And super cat comes on his little reggae, or whatever. I'm not really a huge fan of reggae. So I'm like, All right, what is this? I'm listening to <laughs> and then this guy at the end of the song starts rapping and he starts off with, I love it when you call me big pop. And I'm like, I stopped. I literally like we're warming up for the game. Like I literally stopped in my tracks and I'm listening to him because I got my headphones on. We don't, we don't have our helmets on and stuff. And I listened to it, man. And I was like, yo, this dude is nice. Yeah. And I'm like wanting to hear more at the end of the verse, but I don't hear anymore. It's just that verse. I was like, all right, let me rewind it. So I hit the rewind button. I play it again. And I played it again. And I played it again. And I played it again. To the point where when the game was over, we won the game. So we're on the <laughs> bus going back. Um, my boy Bruce is like, yo, you got my tape? I was like, oh, man, I think it's in my bag. It was in my Walkman. And <laughs> so, like, the next day, he's like, yo, you got my tape? I was like, man, I think it's in the dorm. I'll bring, I'll bring it to practice. <laughs> and I never gave never him his tape. 
Man. Never gave him his tape. I was hooked. After that, man, I started trying to find, and you know, we had limited means because you know, yeah, you had to go out and actually do like research. Like you had to yes. like put some work in. Again, for the for the youngest out here listening, like this is this, this is the, again twenty years before Spotify yes. and Apple Music yes. and hell, we didn't have internet back then. Like no, it was just no, like, no, it was like the early days of internet. Yes. So like unless yes. you had money, like. And you was paying to get an internet in the home, like you wasn't. You no, know, we didn't. We didn't even have the internet. It wasn't right. the internet was a pipe dream at that point. Right. Exactly. Um, it was something that was just starting to bubble. But right, being able to get music. No, like I said, you had to go to a record store, and then I started hearing more and more. And then obviously, you know, Clue tapes, uh, yep. Ron G, Kid Capri. Yep. He started popping up on these tapes and stuff Mr. like that. C. And then I, be- yeah, I became a fan. Um, so yeah, I, I just wanted to before we get started, I wanted to kind of give people a breakdown as to you know how we got sure, onto sure. this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, let's let's I, and as I see your little ladies back there, <laughs> uh, trying to trying to push usher them upstairs. Give me one second, real quick. Go ahead, man. Hello. Good night, man. I. I, I go through the same thing. Everybody wants to talk when it's time to go to when it's time to go to bed or it's time to record. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, Manny's kids are in the background. He's got two daughters and a son, and they're in the background just kind of jumping around. And it's bedtime, but they hang, they're trying to hang out with dad. I promise I won't. I'm not gonna keep dad long. <laughs> He's trying to negotiate. <laughs> oh man fatherhood man fatherhood man jesus <laughs> i don't know what it is with kids man like i, I swear la- ladies and gentlemen i was down here in my den and i was chilling quiet quiet as can be as soon as they hear me turn on this mic and start working always it's like they want everything right? always man hey mine are older than yours and they'll come in here they'll <laughs> i'm like hey i'm recording the eight they were like oh hey hey dad did, did you see the game tonight i'm like hey man i just told you i'm recording the way you can <laughs> But um, yeah, man. So let's 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 get it started, man. We you got ten things that you think would have happened had Big, yeah, uh, still been alive in twenty twenty two. So let's start with number one, man. What, what you got? Number one, um, I think probably the most obvious is uh, Bad Boy continues his reign on top, right? Mm. I think, uh, you know, Bad Boy at that time, and that's it. And, and again, coincide with Biggie, like Bad Boy was the biggest hip hop label at that time. I mean, it was just, it was like, you know, it had, you know, very few, very few could imagine like a label surpassing like Def Jam as far as importance right. and relevance. And at for, for like a three, four year period, Bad Boy was literally the epicenter of hip hop. It was literally like the only label to care about <laughs> in hip hop. Besides, you know, some, some, you know, artists here, artists there, whatever. And uh, yeah, Bad Boy would have continued this reign on top. I mean, obviously, we're thinking Biggie never dies, March 9th never occurs, mm-hmm. and Life After Death comes out, number one album in the world, yes. multi platinum, hypnotized, more money, more problems, sky's a limit. Obviously, there's going to be a tour. Yeah. You know, maybe obviously this was the days before deluxe editions but who knows maybe even at a deluxe edition <laughs> i mean you just i mean the sky's the limit to to to, to borrow from biggie right like mm-hmm. it, it would have just it would have been and then it was at that time where bad boy was just investing on a, on a heavy roster like i think that's the thing that bad boy kind of gets I, I think people don't give credit to puffy in this regard like yo he had a roster 
of just spitters and great MCs. I mean, you just talk about, I mean, just the locks alone, mm-hmm. but then to have Black Rob, God, you know, God rest his soul, RP, Black Rob, we lost him way too early. But Black Rob, you know, obviously the locks, I mean, you got Biggie, you got Mace. I mean, yo, like, in in any era, those those names alone are this are spearheading mm-hmm. a label, and they're at the they're in the background. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's just crazy to me that Bad Boy, the roster that Bad Boy had at that time, and and if, and it would just it would have just kept going for a little while. It would it would it would have definitely kept going for a little while for sure. Um, I don't know how long. I, I'll get to my list in a second. The second one on my list, but Bad Boy. Well, I, mean, I, I, I can actually address what you said on on the first one. I. I agree. I think, um, you know, they said that, you know, you know, we're not going to stop. You know, they it, yeah. if if it's, it's safe to say that I'm not going to say that Big's death was the uh, the reason why Bad Boy fell off, if you will. But I mean, he's the biggest artist on their label. So yeah. obviously, if you take him off, you know, that label, especially the way in, in which it happened, it wasn't like it was a contract dispute and he went over here to death row or he mm-hmm. went to so-so death or something like that um but like you said that roster man i mean and everybody you know collaborated on on different uh albums and stuff like that and, and i mean even the ladies you got total you got faith yeah. i mean one twelve. Uh, yeah come on man. it's just crazy it's just crazy man it's just, no, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's insane. And, and and with people like, and, and yeah, Biggie's death wasn't the reason Bad Boy fell off. I mean, we could do a whole episode just on Bad Boy alone and why they fell off. Nice. But I think that that was definitely the first like domino to fall, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of a better term. But, you know, that was the first domino to fall, man. When you lose someone as impactful, as influential, as a superstar, that type of guy and you really don't have anybody to really step in and, and replace him. I mean, it's just, it, it was, it was a domino, you know? Yeah. So of course you have Biggie and then, you know, they, you know, they kept it afloat for more than kept it afloat. They mm-hmm. kept going for a while, but then of course Mace retires and, yes. you know, Shine ends up in jail and I forgot about know, Shine. all Damn. these things that just, yeah, Shine, we didn't even get Shine his flower, like Shine. <laughs> but you know, it, it all these things that just kind of happened, but it really started, you could really kind of mark the point of demarcation really when biggie died like it's just it just it was a matter it was only a matter of time mm-hmm. i agree i agree a thousand percent what you got for number two number two same and kind of piggybacking off the whole bad boy situation mm-hmm. i think he eventually leaves bad boy i think Ooh. he eventually i know that's always been like you know a hip-hop myth right like biggie was about to leave bad boy that's why he got shot I'm not here to listen. This this podcast is not about uh, <laughs> uh, urban legends or right, 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 or or, or, or boogeyman. I, listen, we don't know. Obviously, but we're just trying to project. Mm-hmm. I think eventually, I think he would have left Bad Boy. I think obviously he would have gotten too big for that label. I think it just eventually, it just it's natural. I mean, you look at every great hip hop. Eventually, th- eventually they migrate to greener pastures. I mean, you know, Jay didn't stay with Rockefeller. They didn't even stay with Def Jam at some point. Eventually, he migrated somewhere else. I mean, mm-hmm. eventually it happens, right? It's just, it's just, it's just change. It's inevitable, right? I think, and I don't even think it would have been like a beef per se or something negative. I just think that Biggie would have left to maybe start his own stuff. You know, what I mean, I think he would have, and I think you could, and I'm, and I'm gonna allude to this later on on my list, but I think Biggie was definitely into like liaisoning different artists and mm-hmm. finding new talent and being that guy and he was already kind of taking uh, um, 
a major presence in that regard already on bad boys so it's so it's so it's easy to think that eventually he would have left to like start his own out uh imprint maybe under bad boy maybe under like arista bad boy but i think eventually biggie would have just kind of evolved away from bad boy that's a great point because i mean look no further than junior mafia yeah uh junior mafia's success of that first album and then subsequently you know little kim branching off and c's branching off um, you know, because those were the ones that was hungry out of that group. And yep. Biggie, I, I definitely could have seen Biggie taking them and, and doing his own thing under his own label. Um, a lot of people don't notice he discovered Cameron. Like he was one of the first people to really like notice Cameron. So mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe Biggie. Yeah, I think it was a rumor that like Biggie wanted to sign Cameron. So who knows? He probably, like, he does he probably sign Cameron, did. You know what I mean? I mean, because yeah. because Cameron came up with Mace. And, right. you know, with Mace being on Bad Boy, who knows? And the thing is, is that at, at this time, so we're talking about 96, 97, let's say Big, you know, finishes obligations for his contract to Bad Boy. I could definitely see him, you know, having his own label or imprint uh, either under that label or, you know, on his own. So, no, I, I yeah, agree with sure. you a thousand percent on that one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, number three for me, uh, no shiny suit error. I I don't think I it, listen. <laughs> I, I, listen, crazier things have happened, but I just cannot imagine uh, Christopher Wallace in a shiny suit for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just don't think you see the shiny suit era. I think the shiny suit era was 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 kind of puffy, the worst of puffy. I don't want to say the worst of puffy because you know it, it, I'm not gonna lie. Even I enjoyed the shiny suit era for what it was at that right. time. But I think that that was kind of the worst excesses of Puffy. And, um, you know, I don't think Biggie would have just I don't think Biggie would have been down with that. I think Biggie was was still one of those guys that had his one ear to the street, one ear into like pop culture. And I think he would have I think he would have been like, no, hey, we're not we're not doing the shiny suit. You know, because remember, Biggie's still alive. So right. the more money, more problems video is probably different. You know what right. I'm saying? So, it, you know, who knows? Right. But. I, I I don't think we get a shot. We might get a shiny suit video, but we don't get shiny suit era. Right. No, I think I think you're onto something there because I could definitely see that in a video because the shiny suit era, all of that stuff really took off and Puff made everything yeah. like things were this way and then Puff made it bigger. You know, and that I think that's what those videos kind of represented. And then subsequently that's what he represented on stage. And yep. you know. I hate to say it like this, Manny, but that was kind of, and you'll get where I'm coming from when I say this. It was kind of Puff riding the wave of Big's demise. Yeah, not absolutely. necessarily to to be profitable, but even something as simple. Well, I can't call it simple, but even something as simple slash complex as um the police song that was uh, yeah uh, every every breath I take. Yep. You know that he sampled from Sting and the Police, which you know Sting is still getting paid off of. Um, you know yeah. that right there. You know I'll be missing you was the name of the song, obviously with Faith and One Twelve singing on the hook. But I mean, like that was a part of the big. That was a part of the wave of music that came after Big died. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't music from Big. So like, I guess the way I can put it into equation for like now, imagine. You know when nipsey hustle unfortunately was murdered and then like somebody from his label you know or black sam or his brother started singing or started rapping 
and you know he yeah. was able to kind of ride the wave of everybody mourning Nip nipsey hustle and you know everybody and then now all of a sudden everybody's buying marathon clothes and crenshaw shirts and stuff right. like that so it's just kind of like that if i could kind of bring it fast forward to to to, to today but yeah. um i, yeah, I agree with you right. a thousand percent yeah absolutely right yeah it's it's like literally like if yg literally just started making money off of the, 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 <laughs> perfect, the image perfect, of, and likeness and and, right. the, and the death monetizing it and i don't i don't i don't necessarily think puffy did it at least in the beginning i don't think it was i think he was sincere like mm -hmm. they were friends they had a relationship like it, there was a connection there so i don't think at least in the beginning it wasn't i don't think it was meant to be like to profit or monetize that that death i mean you could just tell from i'll be missing you like there was a lot of pain right. a lot of hurt there right you know i you know probably two three years later when them checks was coming through it was like <laughs> oh well, shit you know what i mean and of course and even then even then, manny i don't think it was I, I can't obviously we can't speak for puffs right heart or his intentions but i don't think it was malicious did he make money of course he did i don't I think agree. it was i don't think it was done maliciously i think we've seen a lot of stuff happen in the music industry that is done maliciously you know to profit off of people's backs but I don't think that was the case. I agree with you. I agree with you. I listen. There's a lot of things you can bag on Puffy about, but I, I <laughs> that I, I I've Man. always kind of felt like was a little bit unfair. I, I think I don't think I don't think that was I don't think it was done maliciously. No, no doubt, no doubt. And you know, to be honest, man, being older than you at that time, I remember people really, really dumping on Puff about that. Like, you know, and and mm -hmm. it was just you know, and, and a lot of it wasn't fair. And then Puff really wasn't in a position where he could kind of come back and defend himself because yeah. if you say if if you ignore it, you know, then you just keep moving. But if you say something and people are like, oh well, why why are you getting defensive? You know, are you really yeah, trying to steal from big? You know that type of thing. Yeah, for real, for real. Uh, so number four for me, and this one's the one I kind of struggle with the most. But okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it. Um, it's a two parter for me. Okay, I think junior mafia doesn't fall out mm. and the other one which is the one i really struggle with is i don't think little kim loses her way and i'll start with the second one first because i know this one's might be a a, a, t a tricky one in some in some respects so i don't listen i don't profess myself to know little kim obviously i don't know her i don't know where her mindset is i don't know where her upbringing was i don't know what psychological issues she may or may not have i don't know but all I know is that someone that goes through the efforts to change their own appearance and the way they look, something has to be. And I don't mean it in like a negative way. I mean, like there's something that it's cl clearly, clearly something is affecting her and something is, is bothering her that she does not love herself. She does not um, or at least doesn't think highly of herself to enough to love herself more. Uh, which is sad because she was a really beautiful, beautiful woman. You know, like there was a point where literally Little Kim was the apple to everybody. You know, what I mean, like everybody just desired Little Kim in some way, shape, or form. So, I mean, listen, just 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 look at that hardcore cover and just tell me <laughs> Little Kim needed to do yes. anything to her appearance. Yes. I mean, whatever. But yeah, man, it's it's tough to even. It's I, I like like many. It's tough to even look at Little Kim right now. I mean, it's it's like why like what what is going on that and you just wish that somebody was there to just be like yo you don't even got to do all this and i'm not saying that this doesn't happen if biggie's around or whatever because mm -hmm. who knows right mental health self-hate self-love 
is a big thing that goes beyond a rapper being here and not being here. Right. But I, I, I'd like to believe that if Biggie was around and everybody knows the relationship that they had and the love that they have both for each other, I'd like to think that if Biggie was around, maybe we don't see that. And um, so I, I, I'm going to go with that one. And then the Junior Mafia click, man. I mean, I, I think Biggie not being there was a huge a huge loss for that group man i mean he was the guy that brought them all out of the mud so when he he was he was he was that dude he was he was like superman for them so when he when he left you know just just that that guiding light that voice because i don't think none of them dudes really wanted to rap i just think it was just Mm -hmm. biggie i mean they rapped in the neighborhood and they had talent whatever and biggie was like yo i could put you on and he did and credit to him for doing that because he saved a lot of men and women from from the from the block but you could you could just tell that once biggie was gone that front man was gone that guy that that guiding light was gone and it was nothing it was there was no rekindling that i mean little c's had a little run but without biggie it was just like you know what is this you know what i mean it's interesting that you mentioned the part about Lil' Kim because me and my homeboys literally had this conversation two days ago in our group text. Yeah. Um I I, I think and because what happened, I don't I don't even know how we got on the subject of Lil' Kim. And Was it the I BET said, Awards? Well, I didn't watch the BET Awards, but I obviously saw a clip saw of Saw the it. clips or whatever. And um, yeah, and that's what it was. You're right. Somebody mm-hmm. somebody posted in our group chat a picture of Lil' Kim at the BET Awards, and then somebody posted a picture of Lil' Kim like in 1997. And what I did was I posted a picture of Lil' Kim like even before then. Like if you go back and watch that um get money video, I think it yeah. was. Um I mean, she had this before she even started wearing wigs. She just had a natural short haircut. Yeah. She was beautiful. beautiful. And I posted a picture in our group chat chat of her. Beautiful. Um, and it's not to say she's not beautiful now, but she she's undergone obviously some cosmetic surgery. It looks like her skin is a lot lighter than it used to be, which is interesting because you know, if you're familiar with Big and you're familiar with the story with her and Lil' Kim, him and Lil' Kim. And you understand the dynamic of where where she was in his life, you know, mm. when Faith was around and Charlie Baltimore was around and, right. you know, some of the other women. And it just seemed to me like if from the outside looking in the women other than and this is just what we know publicly, which is not right. a lot. But it seemed like all of the women that Big dealt with other than Lil' Kim were light skinned. Right. And Kim's brown skinned woman. And maybe there was some self-hate that who I, I don't know. And, and yeah. again, you know, and we talked about it too. That doesn't get, you know, talked about a lot, but you know, Faith mentioned it and um Kim mentioned it, I think, before in interviews that, you know, of abuse with Big. And Faith mentioned, she said, Well, look, we used to fight. And so, like, we're like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You fight, yeah. what do you mean fight? She, but Faith is like from the hood, you know, like she's right. she ain't no punk. And right. So even that stuff rarely gets talked about. And it, it mm-hmm. I, I think at the time that Faith brought it up, obviously it was after Big passed away. So mm-hmm. it kind of looked like in poor taste to be talking about domestic abuse in the in the light of his death because right. he wasn't here to defend himself. And it wasn't something that was publicly talked about when he was right. here. And it was All a different that, time. This was yeah, pre- oh, you know, way, way years before <laughs> Me Too. So. Yeah, yeah. Way, way before, you know, it's 
has talked about now. But um, even in saying all that, man, yeah, Lil' Kim, man, she she definitely would have benefited, I think, from Big still being here. And it's not to say that she hasn't been successful. We know what she's done, yeah. you know, on the mic. We knows what she's done on when it's time for her to get on jams and, you know, collab with other people. Her features have been, you know, she she put out some some great features, some legendary features. Absolutely. Um, but like you said, that, that hardcore album cover, I mean, it was on everybody's dorm, everybody's post yeah. wall in their dorm when that, I was that, in school. That, that, that cover speaks for itself. <laughs> so, Literally, I mean, like, figuratively. And and she right, <laughs> and so you know I just I don't I don't know man, but I, I I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean I think she she definitely would have been able to benefit from Big being here. Um, same for Junior Mafia though, and like you said, those guys, I think he really took a liking to Kim and and C's because they were about their grind and they wanted to hustle. Um, right. The other guys in in the, in the clique, they you know they they could rap, but they weren't really rappers like that. They right. weren't. They weren't about the grind, man. But great, great points on Junior Mafia and Kim. Yeah, no, the Kim one is, is tough because again, you don't. You, hey, we're not, we're not. Both of us are, are men, and we're not women, and we don't. Yes. It, that's that alone is 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 a, is a sore <laughs> subject and a touchy subject at that. Yes. Like I, I, I so I don't want to anybody that listens to this. I hope I, you know I don't offend anybody, but I just it's it's just I struggle. Like man. Which would things be different? Like, would would Biggie have enough clout and power to be like, "Yo, man, you ain't got to be doing this to yourself." Who knows? Mm-hmm. And m- maybe this is something even beyond Biggie. Like, maybe this was inevitable. Maybe she just has some trauma from her life before fame, celebrity. Maybe there was a re. I, who knows, man? It, it it's tough, man. But yeah, man. I, I just I, I hope for her sake. I hope that she's happy and she can find self love somehow, yes, some way. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, for sure, man. Number five for me, no copycat rappers. So uh, there was a wave of copycat rappers mm. in the wake of of uh, Biggie passing, and and I, I'd argue to this day, um, there's still some copy. Not maybe not necessarily the style or voice, but the persona, the Frank White. I mean, all you got to do is look at Rick Ross. I mean. <laughs> hard to argue that he hasn't at least you know aside from stealing somebody else's name stolen Biggie's style and aura and whatever Um, but yeah I mean Rick Ross Shine which I always kind of felt like it was a little unfair with Shine Mm -hmm. like I I never looked at Shine like aside from sounding like him I never I never like felt like Shine was trying to be Biggie two different dudes so I always kind of felt like that was unfair but I mean you had uh, gravy, who literally looked like the dude, <laughs> you know, and sounded like gravy. Yeah, gravy, man. Uh, gravy, yeah, Sean, yeah, uh, Rick Ross. I mean, I mean, you could. I mean, I've I've even had arguments with folks that like felt like Big Pun was kind of a a, a Puerto Rican Biggie, basically. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, I and of course, this is nothing to say again. Pun, pun is god level as well. Yeah, but yeah. I, I I think you don't see that that wave of of copycat rappers, man. Maybe maybe it's a maybe it's somebody else. Maybe you and and even Tupac had copycat rappers. I mean, you know, you could, you could argue Ja Rule was a was a was a clone of Pac. You know what I mean? You could you could argue that. I mean, people have said maybe DMX was maybe a clone of Tupac. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that they are. Or aren't. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that you don't see that wave of copycat rappers if, if Biggie is obviously alive. 
No doubt, man. Hey, man, they just like they said on the symphony, man. No biting allowed. You know that's Facts. that's 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 what one thing that we didn't allow in hip hop. You you couldn't bite, and I never you really couldn't, you couldn't be future and designer, <laughs> which they're really the same. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but you, you're right, man. And I totally, you had me cracking up, cracking up about gravy. I totally forget. And gravy played Biggie. In yeah, right. The, he played Biggie in the, in the, in the uh, notorious the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It, it's uh, like you said. I'm, I'm the same way about Sean. I thought Sean could rap. I didn't. I understood why people liked, you know, or, or took to Sean. But I think, like, I was like, y'all, y'all understand that he sounds like Biggie. I was like, but he don't rap like Biggie. You know, it's one thing to sound like Big Al. I was like, but he don't rap like so. I didn't. I never made the correlation, man. But um, and even the sounding part, like, was a reach. Like, it is. It is. Similar, it sounds but it similar. Like similar, but it was yeah. like people made it sound like it was just literally. Like, no. remember that dude that sounded just like Jay Z? Yeah, Ooh, I remember. Was, was, I can't even remember his name. If you, he had a video or something like that. Yeah, like literally sounded like there was a rapper. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think he was like even Angie Martinez co-signed this dude too. Like, mm-hmm. like that dude literally was a J, like was a whole biter. Like, yeah. you know, I never liked like, to shine like that. So I was kind of like, why, yeah, why you want to sound like him? You know? Yeah, yeah. But no, nah, I'm, I'm I'm rolling with you on those that. Cool. No copycat, that's for sure. No, no, no copycat. What you got for all. six? Number six, Puffy doesn't become the superstar that we eventually see mm, him. Now you're stepping on some toes, Manny. I mean, listen. Um, and again, I think we alluded to this obviously two 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 numbers ago, but yeah, I don't think it was intentional. But Puffy felt like he had to take the mantle as the face of Bad Boy, mm-hmm. for better or for worse, right? Um, you know. We didn't know Mace was that guy yet. Locks was Locks, obviously. Um, but Puffy had to be, I mean, Biggie died, man. And, and then one fell, so, you know, March 10th came around mm-hmm. and Puffy was like, yo, I I got to I gotta keep the train moving. Yeah. So he stepped into that. Remember, Puffy's album was in the works already. And what the album that ended up becoming No Way Out mm-hmm. was, I think, Hell Up in Harlem or whatever. And it was a totally different album, totally different vision for it. Who knows? Maybe you, we for sure know that we don't have an I'll Be Missing You. Oh, That no song question. does not exist in our it current exists. timeline here. We're in the MCU, man. We're in like universes. <laughs> 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 like, yo, this song does not exist, obviously. So Puffy doesn't transcend into pop mm-hmm. culture. I, I, that's not to say that Puffy isn't recognizable or he doesn't become a billionaire. Because I, I think Puffy had a drive and a vision and was was smart in his own right. So definitely, I think Puffy, I, what I would describe it as Puffy becomes more of a Pharrell. Where you know, he does some music, has some hits, you know. But people think of Pharrell, they think of producer, super yes. hip hop producer. Yes. And I think the same thing with Puffy. I think they would think of him more of like hip hop producer, guy that has some hits here and there, you know, Can't Hold Me Down. That's a song. I think it would have been on either version of that album, obviously. Mm-hmm. That was the first single. And, you know, I, I, but I don't think he becomes Puff Daddy, whereas some, at, at one point, he was the biggest hip hop star. Yes. In the world, you know what I mean, and I don't think that happens if Biggie's around, obviously. One thousand percent. You know what it is, man. He and, and I love the fact that you do the same thing that I do. You call him Puffy or Puff. Yeah. Never call. I never. I never call him. Diddy. I never call him Diddy. Yeah. He it, it's Puffy because 
we know him as Puff. He's all he's always gonna be Puff. He 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 <laughs> according to him, he invented the remix. And it's always just been Puff. And so, yeah. like, you're right. I, I don't think and it's it's not his fault per se, but like you said, he was thrust into a position where they make the I'll be missing you record. That goes bananas. That's all over MTV. It's on, it's on white radio, it's on black radio, it's everywhere. Still to and this day, probably one of the biggest hip hop songs of all ever. Time ever yeah and you know and so like when it gets to that point you you don't have a choice and then like you said a no way album out was coming out already but now he's it's got to be the shiny suit era it's got to be this it's got to be that because he's riding this wave and and no he doesn't ride this way you and if you if those of you listening if you think we're being overly dramatic about it i'll say this just look at what puff did behind the mic up until the time Biggie died, it was just ad libs. That was it. He wasn't rap. I mean, he rapped on Dolly, my baby, but he wasn't really rapping. He wasn't doing anything. He was, you know, appearing in the videos. He was dancing. Biggie <laughs> wrote half the like. Let's be real. Biggie wrote half of that. Like, come on, of most course. of that. Of course, you know what I mean. Like, so yeah, what we, we what know Puff we not writing. He, he writes yeah. checks. He already told you that. You know. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you a thousand percent. Puff, he would not have been what he became. And you know the crazy part about it too? Like I, th- I feel like his artistry or whatever, him having to become quote unquote a rapper, mm-hmm. I think it took away from him as a producer. Like I think I think it really like I think because I think Puffy to this day is still underrated as a producer, as a beat maker, as a Okay, song. so quick 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 question, quick question. So do you consider Puff to be a producer or more of an arranger? Because you know about <sighs> the hitman. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Rest in I peace, mean, Chucky listen, Thompson. I mean, if you will, if 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 you want to, you want to mince words. If you want to have word salad, I guess. Uh huh. Um, and word spaghetti. Um, is he the producer in the classic term? Where he's right. got the beat machine and he's right, going to beat right. Together? No, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think he. No, I, he's not. But I think. But I still give him credit, man. I think he's definitely the arranger, and I think he's. He's may he may not be the architect of the the beat, but he's mm-hmm. definitely the visionary of what the song is, what the song could be. Sampling on he got on the train of sampling, you know, eighties music. I mean, right. he, Puffy was ahead of his time because I mean, we we're living in the age of eighties nostalgia, and Puffy was ahead of the curve. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just a decade after Hell the eighties, yeah. like in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, he was sampling eighties music heavy, so. Yeah, man, I still give Puffy his credit as a as a quote unquote producer. I mean, was he was he in there with the beat machine making beats right. necessarily? Probably no. not. But, oh, hell no. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably not. But I still I still give him his his due as a quote unquote producer because yeah, he had I, the vision, man. He had the vision. He he Chucky Thompson. Chucky Thompson didn't have the vision to do. Maybe he did. I don't want to speak for him, but Chucky Thompson, right. Chucky Thompson did not have the vision to do more money, more problems. He he, he didn't. Puffy mm-hmm. had that vision. Puffy had the vision of like, yo, we are gonna take this, we are gonna do it, and the video, blah blah blah. That's Puffy, man. I, you know what, man? I, and that's why that's why I call him an arranger because when I think of a producer, I'm thinking yeah. of you know a Dr. Dre, a Timberland, yeah. or uh, you know. Um, Primo, you know, yeah, I'm thinking sure. of people like that, and I, and I know that Puffy had the you know the hitmen that was his producer team, and 
you know, it's been widely rumored that, you know, like the hitman would have a beat together and they'd have everything there. And then Puff would come in and say, okay, well, hey, you got to take this down and put this up and flatten this out right here and let me do this. And so you're, so, but and that's but producing too, though. That's, 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 oh, it, is, it is producing, it is producing. But I think the thing that people would knock him for in that scenario would be like he would get the producer credit. Right. And it would say like executive produced by Puff co-produced by the hitman so obviously if i'm the executive producer i'm if i ep'd it yeah, then true my, my cut of the check is gonna be a whole lot bigger than those who and, and maybe just maybe the hitmen were actually in there you know crafting the beat and everything and then you were downtown getting your hair cut or you were at juniors getting some cheesecake and you come in here and now you just cut, touch a couple of buttons and now you're the producer so i it's it's That's been true. widely documented as to how you know people think that it went and you know some people spoke on it or whatever like that i don't i've never heard the hitmen you know and, and chucky thompson in particular rest in peace you know speak yeah. ill of puff or anything like that so i don't think it was as bad as people try to make it out to be but it's just a thing of like we talked about a little earlier it's where people you know don't like Puff. it's one of those things to bag on puffy about so mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's fair i mean again but who like I, my my counter to that would be is yeah he wasn't in the studio making the beats so him crediting himself as a producer yeah probably was not the best of look and i agree with that to a, to a point but let's just say i'll take i'll take i'll be missing you right mm-hmm. and it's beat form probably just a normal standard beat but puffy comes in Ah, let's let's do this. Let's put the let's, let's sample here. Blah 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 blah. Da, da, da. And maybe takes "I'll be missing you" from a oh, oh, okay to "I'll be missing you." Right. Local. Hey, you may not like that, but <laughs> Thanks. that's producing as well. Oh, it is. It you is. Know? It, and it's it like, really is. It really he gets is. credit for that. And he gets credit know, for that. Fun fact: I, I read this, and I don't. I, I people can look it up if if they will. But I read that he's got no royalties from that. Like all of that money from that song goes to Sting. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. No, that's true. That's accurate. And that's a huge. That's, that's the only way. That's the only way Sting would even clear it. Wow. If if, if yeah. he's got hundred percent. Woof. Yeah. I mean, listen, we're we're not crying for Puffy. Puffy's right, right. More than made up for it. <laughs> right, he's exactly. more than made up for it. Let's just way, put it that way. yeah. If yeah. he ain't if he ain't at a billion, he's close to it. Yeah. Um, number, number seven, my favorite okay. one on, on this list. Okay. Because uh, I love me a good hip-hop beef. Uh-oh. Uh, I think eventually, not even eventually, I think inevitably, Biggie with Jay-Z kind of co-signing mm-hmm. would have beef with Nas, Ghostface, Raekwon, Jeru the, Dam- the Damager, especially in light of kicking the door. And was beef. Mm. Remember, Biggie's alive. Mm-hmm. He's alive. Albums out, kicking the door. It's banging like yo, yo. He's talking about yo. He's. I mean, and listen, this was a battle that's been brewing, right, for a while. It's been simmering for a while, right? Like purple <laughs> tape comes out, biting niggas, like you know, mm-hmm. Ghostface saying what he's saying. You know, then Nas comes out with the message and on it was written and da da da. You know what I mean? So it, this has a been a subliminal. Slow, a I'm gonna use a wrestling term here for for the for the audience out there. If you're a wrestling fan, this is a slow burn. This is a slow yes. simmering feud. The heel turn is coming, and it, and it came. <laughs> We're like kicking it. the door, and it mm. came, and it was beef. And I think that you definitely 
definitely see a beef, a, a back and forth between Biggie and Nas. Definitely between Biggie and Raekwon and Ghostface. And uh, mm. I think it would have made for entertaining be, uh, beefs. It could have made beef records. I mean, I can't imagine what the response from Ghostface and 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 <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, the chef would have been, and then, and then, of course, Nas, and then you know, and then you got the Nas and Mob Deep component too. So maybe Mob Deep gets into it because we all know Mob Deep was tight with Nas right. and 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 Woo. So I mean, and then of course you got Jay Z and everybody. You know, I, so I think there, it could there could be very interesting a, here. There could have been a borough war. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. I think okay. so. I mean, I mean, listen, it's not even. I'm not even. I don't even. I don't even think I'm speaking out of turn. I mean, there was, for all intents and purposes, there was a beef. Like it mm -hmm. was. Oh, no beef. question. No I question. I mean, it was. It was very subliminal. But at the very. But, very I, but I think. So. I think if Biggie's alive, I think it goes past subliminal shots, and I think it goes on to full on, like you get ether before ether. Mm. Like you get the ether. Yeah, you get that. You know. You know. It just. It just happens. Like, and I think. I mean, everything that you. Everything that you see down the line with Jay Z and Nas has roots to Biggie and Biggie mm -hmm. and Nas. So, and that falling out or, or misunderstanding or whatever. So, man, I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, like, I, I definitely, like, I definitely think that you will see. You definitely like will that. see some 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 back and forth shots. Um, I, and I think it would have made for great hip hop, man. I think it would have. I mean, I can't imagine what a what a what a Ghostface Chef rebuttal or. Jerome <laughs> Or uh, you know whatever, so I, I think it would have made for great, great spectacle for sure. Oh no doubt, I, I agree a thousand percent, man. I, I like I like what you're saying because like even back then, the disses were very subliminal. It wasn't yeah. overt. It yeah. was you know like sometimes you had to listen to it. Be like like I might call you and say, Yo, Manny, man, you heard Nas? You heard yeah. Nas said? You think he's talking about ghosts? And then he's like, nah, man, I think you're talking about big like that. And so, like, that's how you would be with your friends. Because, like, nobody really didn't speak each other's name. Like, yeah. I'll be honest. I went, it went a minute before I realized that kicking the door was about Nas. I didn't know. It was you know? a sucker move back then if you was mentioning cast names. Like, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You would be looked at as a sucker. Like, oh, you, you, you. It's like cloud chase. Cloud chasing was not a good thing, guys. <laughs> Never for, young, for the youngest <laughs> in the audience, like there was no cloud. I mean, it was cloud chasing, but I mean, like that wasn't considered like that. Yeah, man, I think it would have just made for great hip hop, man. I mean, I think that, and uh, you know, and then of course, you got Method Man in between, and you got AZ who's running with both, you know, with Nas, mm -hmm. of course, and then still cool with that Brooklyn connection with Biggie and Jay. It, it, it and again, it would have made for fascinating, been, yeah. fascinating music, for sure, absolutely. absolutely. Number eight. The next Eight. Uh, we really would have seen Biggie's role expand as a talent evaluator mm. and nurturing MCs for the next generation. So I think one of the underrated aspects of Biggie, and I talked about it earlier, was he really had an eye for talent. Like he saw something in Little C's. He saw, even though, yeah, I know he probably was writing half of that stuff or whatever. But I, you know, <laughs> hey, he at least had a vision. You know, not you, not everybody can just pick somebody. Even if you put in the words behind it. They gotta have the that it, and he saw something in Little Kim. He saw something in Little C's. You know, um, I think he. You know, I think he's one of the reasons. I, you know, I think I know the lock. I know the locks were discovered by Mary J. Blige. That, those were like the ones that put kind of put him on to uh, to Puffy's radar. But you know, the locks have said that Biggie was very influential in their early days on Bad Boy. So even just with the locks, 
you know, with Mace. Mace was another one, right? That was that credits Biggie for being very influential, you know, in the early days of Bad Boy. So like Mace, the Locks, Junior Mafia, Little Kim. I mean, Jay Z. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say Jay Z. He discovered Jay Z. Obviously, he didn't. But you know, him throwing his like that. Jay Z really went to another level when like he had that Biggie endorsement. Like, yo, damn, Biggie's Biggie's endorsing this dude. Like, I right, mm-hmm. okay, like this this dude must be serious. So I think I would have loved to seen like obviously Biggie's alive. He's got his own label. He's away from Bad Boy. Like, seeing what role he plays in nurturing, finding the next artist, kind of similar to what Kanye's done. Mm-hmm. Dre obviously Jay-Z like all these other artists that when they get to a certain level where they now they, they kind of become artist liaisons where they're finding the next so and so and uh I think Biggie would have would have had great success in that because Biggie had an eye for talent man for sure oh I agree I agree man I I, th- I think Biggie the businessman yep you know really really would have intrigued me because we started to see glimpses of it like you said in, in his artist development um he had a clothing line called brooklyn mint i actually had two t-shirts man i I, I don't know what happened a couple shirts love those t-shirts man um you know so brooklyn mint you know we saw him dabble into acting when he appeared on martin so you know he was he was i think starting to really come around man and i think uh you know we were i think we were just really just seeing him scratch the surface of where he was going to be but yeah like you said his artist development man was uh i think that would have been interesting like i said just going into his own label and being the guy calling and pushing the shots um i i think he would have i think he'd have been successful i think and i, I don't think he would have needed Agreed. you know bad boy or anything like that to to no. succeed yeah absolutely yeah just having finding different artists to co-sign i mean who knows maybe if he's alive we get the first glimpses of Cameron, and by definition, we get the first glimpses of Dipset. So who knows, right? Like it's just the, the sky's the limit when it comes to Biggie as a talent evaluator, man. I think he really had an eye and an ear for that. So it would have just been interesting to see that. Um, uh, number nine, New York maintains its place as hip hop's epicenter. Uh oh, um, <laughs> might be a controversial one. <laughs> no, I really feel like. I feel like when Biggie died, there was a power vacuum in New York. Like everybody was vying for the crown. I mean, it was they were vying for the crown when Biggie was alive. So mm-hmm. of course, when he was dead, you know, when he passed, it was a power vacuum. And you had Nas coming for the crown. Obviously, you had Jay coming for the crown. You had, you know, X, Ja Rule. You know, you got, you know, Ghostface, Raekwon, the Wu doing their thing still. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Locks, and then what they would do eventually in their own solo careers or whatever. I mean, so you just had so you just had a power vacuum and i think that i think having that like larger than like because that's the thing about biggie too biggie was just this larger than life figure that for the most part had respect from everybody i mean aside from his issues with so-and-so or so-and-so whatever he just had respect from everybody and I, i i wonder if biggie was alive do you see the proliferation of beefs in New York? Because I think mm. that's kind of one of the things that really kind of helped New York fall off. It's just like, yo, it felt like every artist at some point was beefing with each other. <laughs> and it was just like, it just got tiring after a while. You know what I mean? And that's the one thing the South has always had. It's just like there was a there was a there was a community with Southern rappers. It may not necessarily all I'm not saying that there was no beefs in the South, but mm-hmm. like there was just there was just a more of a of an understanding and a brotherhood and a comrade a camaraderie 
with southern rappers that you just didn't see with new york rappers and it's part of it just new york you're just competitive it's just that mindset right. but i think a lot of it was just kind of like everybody was just buying for the crown man i mean you, i mean even nori like even nori had a 98 where you just make fun <laughs> yes. like everybody was vying yeah. for that title and i think that maybe it might have been different if biggie was around still where it'd been like yo yo chill out there's still one king here like, like chill out um and even even going into the 2000s when the south is starting to rise up maybe biggie's strong maybe that maybe biggie's aura is big enough to like rally everybody around him and say like yo you know we're not getting down like that you know we're not gonna have 50 cent this new this new kid beefing with fat joe and locks and da, 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 da. i mean maybe i'm reaching on this one but i like to think that new york at least is able to settle itself and still maintain its prevalence as as this the birthplace and the epicenter of hip-hop mm-hmm. no I, I think you're on to something because you know you're right that time if if we if we think about it and we keep biggie here that time was very critical for you know new york because like you said at that particular time people were vying for the crown mm-hmm. so you take 97 and you keep him here uh is it as competitive probably because it's new york you know, New York MCs are always going to be competitive, but like you said, that that stretch of the back half of the the '90s into the early 2000s, yeah, they were. It was so competitive that even from a distance, somebody like me who lived in the South, you could tell, like, nah, them dudes ain't get along. Wherein, yeah. and then you, but you go look at, you know, a, a video from somebody down south in Atlanta or Miami, you know, you look at a, a, a ludicrous video. And Goody Mob's in it, and Outcast is in it, and Two Chains is in it, and it's like you see all of these cameos of these people, and everybody's from different neighborhoods and stuff like that. But you know they're collaborating and and they're working together and doing songs together. Wherein you know you're not gonna see Ja Rule and Fifty teaming up to do a song together. It's just not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe he does do that. Maybe or maybe Big's presence makes new york mcs go hard at each other and they raise the level of of competition right but um i know I'm, I'm with you on that I, I that's something i hadn't really thought about but no i i agree with you on that one for sure yeah i really believe that man i think i don't know i think biggie was that big enough of a presence and i mean who knows right maybe he could have he maybe he would have gotten in on it as well because again it's it's that competitive nature everybody's vying for the crown is who's the mm-hmm. best right so you know, maybe who knows? Maybe we would have. Maybe Fifty Cent comes out in two thousand three, and Biggie's still on top. And he's like, yo, yo, yo. like, what's this doing? right? <laughs> you know, like, maybe I, I don't. I who's to say, man? But I mm-hmm. think, I think losing that larger than life figure in Biggie, I think it really kind of. I mean, it obviously created a power vacuum in right. NYC, and I think you just had you just had killers, killers on the mic vying mm-hmm. for the crown. Yep. So I think that maybe having that person there is still like, yo, I'm I'm still the top of the food chain here. Like we we, we you know, everybody can eat now. <laughs> there's only one. There's and, only uh, one king. Who, who's who's to say that you know that wouldn't happen? Uh, my last thing, uh, last number here, number ten. I think we really would have seen something special with Biggie's evolution as a lyricist, as a rapper, as an artist, um, and as a businessman. Um, mm. You alluded to it yourself a couple minutes ago. I think you really saw Biggie was just ahead of his time with just doing all the things that he was doing, delving into acting, fashion, you know, 
you know, basically being a, a co-signer of different artists. And I think you started to see that even back then. So I think you it would have just further been continued um, going into the new millennium. So I think seeing that, of course, but I think seeing the growth in his his artistry, like that's one of the things that's one of the beautiful things that I, I look at when I look at rappers like Jay-Z, you know, I know that even Eminem, like to see where they were when they started to yeah. now and the context of what their music is now compared to what it was back then. And I'm talking about rappers that have had 20 plus year careers. I mean, I would have loved to have seen, that's the sad part about Biggie, right? We only got two albums, right? We two only albums, have those it. two albums. I would have loved to have seen what the follow-up to Life After Death was. You know, because even, we talked about this offline. We're like, Biggie was ahead of his time even on Life After Death. Like Life After Death was melodic. He was singing on hooks here. You know, it was only two songs here and there, but that still was ahead of his time, even for 97. And mm-hmm. and it and it ostracized him a lot in a, in, a, in a certain circles because a lot of people, I remember back then, like people was like, hey, it's cool, but <laughs> it's not as good as Ready to Die. Ready to Die, right. he's talking that shit. Like, he's right. singing, singing, play Ada. What's, what's that? Um, so I think it would have put him, I, I, I would have loved to have seen him in his evolution and in his growth from album three, four, five, whatever, going forward and seeing where he could have gone musically because, you know, I think Biggie kind of like Jay, he always had that sensibility of like adapting with the times and 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 always constantly reinventing himself. So I would have loved to have seen what Biggie would have done in the new millennium, especially when the South is rising. I mean, you saw it even in Life After Death, he was collaborating with Bone Thugs, mm-hmm. you know, collaborating with Too Short. So it wasn't just New York centric for him. He was collaborating with other artists outside of New York. And um, I would have loved to have seen what Biggie, you know, collaborate with Southern rappers, you know, a Ludacris, a T.I., a, a Jeezy or whatever. Like, I think that I, I think it could have been the, 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 the growth as an artist could have been amazing to see. And um, I think we would have seen something special from Biggie if he had uh, continued. Yeah, I agree. I think um, that's something I, I think about a lot, too, when I think about him and his legacy, uh, where he would have been lyrically and musically had he you know had he survived and then also you know how he would have handled um life as a father mm-hmm. um you know he was going through a divorce i think at the time that you know yeah. he was murdered but you know just his overall evolution as to where he would be as a man um because because big was he, he was a different type of dude so you know you, you just think like man he was just like again, like something something I said a little earlier. He was just scratching the surface. You know, he was really, really scratching. Like I think people really don't. I, I it, like me and you know feel this, like right, it, but man. I think people really like I think forget like yo, this man is twenty and Pac was I think twenty four. Yeah, but Pac was twenty five, twenty four. I think I got it. I they think were both were very relatively young, like twenty five. Like this man was literally. I mean, you could make the case he was a baby still. Like pretty still much. wet behind the ears, like pretty much. I mean, it, I, it, he and I mean, think about it. When you're 24, 25 years old, you don't. Looking back on it now, that you're you know 10 years removed from that, you're you, you know a lot now, but you're just like, man, I 10 years ago I ain't no shit. Like you thought you did, yeah. but you don't. You know, and they were navigating through both Pac and Big were navigating through a time where you know they didn't have the type of stuff that we have now that kind of help us and assist us and. You know, it was just like, and de- and ultimately dealing in the, in the you know the music business is shady as that can be. Um, yeah. One question I got for you: 
because yeah, uh, I'm I'm sure that people who are listening have this question because I it's come up a gazillion times. Mm-hmm. I know you're going. <sighs> Somebody you mentioned Sean Corey Carter. Yep. If Big were alive, what happens with Jay Z? I th- I still think you have Jay Z. Okay. I feel like I feel like to say that. Biggie was alive. There's no Jay Z. Jay Z just fades into obscurity, or Jay Z nice rapper. That that's just such a disrespectful take to just the greatness of Hove. And Hove is my favorite rapper. Biggie's okay. my favorite rapper. They're both okay. tied as my favorite rappers. But like that's just disrespecting Hove. <laughs> like, it's not even like it's not even like something that's just worth arguing. Like sure. Obviously, you've got that spectrum of Biggie. It was, it's interesting to see what a world looks like when you have two behemoths like Biggie and Jay at the top of the food chain. What that looks like, right? But I think it's no different than like Jay Z, Nas, Jay Z, mm-hmm. Kanye. Obviously, for different reasons. I, th- I think I think you would have seen it di- similar to like a Jay Z and a Kanye, where Kanye's big, as big if not bigger than Jay Z, or Jay Z's as big if not bigger than, than Kanye. And I think they both exist in parallel universes they do different things per se um i i think i think jay-z was just so talented so smart so driven like we talk about we talk about biggie's business acumen like jay-z we've written books about jay-z's business acumen so (laughs) i just think there was no stopping jay man i think i think jay was determined to be jay no matter what and i think he would have been i think he would have still been that guy Maybe could we argue that he's maybe looked at in a different light? If big, maybe he's overshadowed, I think is probably a better a better question. Does Biggie mm-hmm. overshadow Jay Z? I think I think you can make that argument, but to say that like oh Biggie's around, Jay doesn't even doesn't even get on with some people <laughs> who have you believe. Like Jay Z was was doing this thing with Biggie was alive, like right. people, like reasonable doubt they didn't sell as much as ready to die or 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 you know even even Nas's second album it was written but jay-z still to come out with a ready to, to come out with a reasonable doubt as your first album yeah and who's to say you know what in my lifetime is probably a different album too you this know it's true I, I still love in my lifetime i think that i, album I do is too criminally underrated I, if he te- he knocks off three four songs that is a different album completely but maybe that's a different album. Maybe Jay Z's right. not in that mindset where he's trying to fill the void of Biggie, mm-hmm. as opposed to, or not not even necessarily fill the void of Biggie, but like trying to be Biggie right. in the bad boy element, as opposed to just be Hov. Um, maybe that's a different album. I mean, who knows what we get from Jay Z? So I, I I think I think Sean Carter was going to be Sean Carter regardless, okay. man. I, I really believe that. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm with you, man. You you haven't said anything on here that I disagree with. I, I think, I think it that got that argument slash statement gets overstated way too much. I think way people have to understand like when Big passed, Jay Z had already had. It wasn't like Jay Z started dropping <laughs> albums after after Biggie died. Reasonable Doubt came out in '96. Now, like you said, it didn't sell well. But Jay-Z didn't necessarily sell a lot of records because of the void that Big left when Big wasn't here. I think you can make that case for Puff because they were on the same label. If you say, okay, well, you know, well, Big wasn't there as competition. Well, I mean, everybody kind of, but that was, I think that was New York kind of pushing. So Nas stepped up, Jay stepped up, 
you know, uh, Buster stepped up eventually. Um, right. You know, groups like that, and and I think it was a, it, I think it was more of a collective. I don't think it was necessarily one MC in particular that you know really filled that void, if you will. Um, but I think I know. I think maybe Big overshadows Jay, but I think Jay probably stays on the same trajectory that he does. You know, he's still because. I don't think that the moves that he made ultimately were because Big wasn't here. Um, right. But I also think, in say, even in saying that, I think that it's very plausible that Big could have made the same moves or better than Jay. Um, you know, with with what the, some yeah. of the things that we talked about was closing li- clothing line. Jay had a clothing yeah. line. You know, yeah. he had artists. Jay had artists. You know, so yeah. it was. It, it, it's not inconceivable that they both could have been doing the same thing and relatively pushing each other to you know newer heights and stuff. So, yeah, I, I had to ask you that, man, because no, nah, no, nah, it's, it's, I mean you can't do one of these things without talking about the elephant in the room, right? Oh, Jay-Z, of course, right? yeah. I, that's, I think that's I did a good job of even avoiding it. Nah, <laughs> man. I mean, I think I, honestly, the way I would compare it is like the Rolling Stones and the Beatles, right? Mm. Like, I feel like they both were legendary, tremendous rock bands that literally came within months of each other. Mm -hmm. And they both have their fan bases. Obviously, the Beatles get regarded probably a little bit higher historically. Of course. But but that's not to say that, like, people take away from the Rolling Stones and what they did. I think they both withstood the test of time. And I think that Mm Jay-Z and Biggie would have been no different. Same for Nas, too. Like, Oh no question! Biggie, Jay, like Jay Z and Nas exist in the same world now. Like so, to say that Biggie and Jay couldn't have existed in the same and and like Jay just said and recently and and Nakaris, like, y- y'all would have got the commission. <laughs> exactly, that would have even exactly who, the who commission knows was coming. What you know, like who knows what um, the commission that would have been a, a group yeah, exactly. Jay Z and Biggie together. And that's right? the thing, man. Like people think like. I have I've talked about this on this podcast before. Like, you know, legends in rap and music do exist, and and they co they can coexist in you the know, same period. In the same period, that there can be a Kendrick and there can be a a, a Cole. There can be a Kendrick and there can be a, a Drake. Yeah, you know, there could be a, a Jay Z and there could be a Nas and a Biggie all at the same time, and you can have your fan bases and everybody can love who they love and support who they support. Um, without there being any type of beef or anything like that, you don't um, hear you don't hear people saying, "Well, you know, Stevie Wonder would have never been in if <laughs> if, if, if know, Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye, like what? Like we had an era where it was Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, Marvin nobody Gaye, cared. Curtis Mayfield, and they were just icons, giants, yeah. like musical Prince and Michael existed in the same same time, same time frame." They just you they know, weren't going to get on the record together. Prince more than Mike, or no people oh, prefer Michael more than Prince. But I don't think anybody like denigrates one to compare. Like no. I think they, it, it's, it's just silly, man. Like yes, Jay Z would have yes. still been Jay Z, whether Biggie was here or not. And and to to allude otherwise to that is foolish. No doubt, no doubt. Before we get out of here, Manny, man, tell people where they can find you on the social. Man. Tell them about your, your, your seven different podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> this man it's is everywhere. Seven, man. I, I do try to be the hardest working man in podcasting, man. Nah, for yeah, sure. You, you, you put man. in the work, that's for sure. I try to, man. I'm trying, hey, man, I'm, I'm trying to be the next uh, Sean Carter out here, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, 
I'm trying to have generational wealth in these there streets, you go. man. There you go. Uh, nah, man. Uh, first and foremost, man, thank you for having me on, man. You know how right. I feel about you. You know how I feel about this podcast. So anytime that I can, I can be lucky enough to be on here with you is. Are we going to do it again? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Uh, but now, nah, man, uh, any given Sunday is my is my main show for the folks that have listened to me before. Y'all know that we're on our little summer hiatus. So uh, we take a little break in the summertime, uh, you know, to just live life. Enjoy. Right. Um, but we'll be back uh, in August next month. Uh, August 21st, I believe, is the third okay. Sunday in August. Okay. So we'll be back then with a new episode gearing up for football season. Yes, um, so yes. any given Sunday, we'll be back. And then, of course, like the title sounds, new episodes every every Sunday. And uh, podcast is available anywhere where you can find podcasts. And then uh, and then I do some work for MLBBro.com covering black baseball, every, all things black baseball. Myself, Rob Parker. Mm -hmm. Uh, a host of other talented uh, creators, men and women. Uh, we just cover all things black baseball, man. And we try to give it to y'all, uh, you know, straight, no chases. So uh, check out everything that you that from us. I host a show with my man, Mark Gray, called Debatables. It's a it's kind of a, 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 a first take light where we just discuss <laughs> weekly topics and we just debate debatables. Right. So uh, you can find that on MLBbro.com. MLBbro, just like it sounds, MLBbro.com. Um, and then of course, man, I'm the voice of reason on dead end sports. So yeah, catch on. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. I know life has been, life has been crazy. So life has been like Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays sometimes can get a little hectic, but, uh, I will, I promise I will make my grand return to, uh, dead end sports. But in the meantime, you can catch me on dead end sports 365, where we do, um, daily snippets, you know, anywhere from two to seven minutes about any random topic and that's on youtube as well so dead end sports on youtube and uh yeah dead end sports on the podcast side of things is available like like i said on all podcast platforms so yeah man that's that's just a that's just a a brief uh as brief as i can make it synopsis of what i do oh no doubt and and here's the cool thing about any given sunday it, it the title references obviously sports but right. It's not just sports. I mean, like Manny, they'll get on there and talk politics. They'll talk current yeah. events, worldly events. Um, yeah. You know, so they and they're not afraid to, you know, peel back the covers and just let, and talk about the truth. You know, it, it's that stuff is refreshing because, like, you know, you can listen to. There's not many sports shows that you're going to listen to where yeah. one segment they're talking about, you know, Joe Biden, and the next segment they're talking about, you know, whether or not, uh, yeah. you know, LeBron should be trying to get another person in this team <laughs> yeah for sure man Lakers. so yeah, yeah for sure, so I, sure. yeah it, nah, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, a good list great listen actually. shout out to my to my co-host josh rodriguez man yeah he, he uh yeah he's 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 the he's the he's the second half of the dynamic duo man for sure so definitely wouldn't be able to do it without him so yeah shout out to josh for all, for all things any given sunday man but yeah thank you man appreciate it no doubt and, and manny is uh, i mentioned he's a jets fan uh, and he's a mets fan but he's also <sighs> yeah. a Laker. he is he is one of the few lakers fans that i know that is very <laughs> sensible about his team because there's hey, a lot man. of lakers fans that ain't sensible by their team uh, uh manny baylor just the name i'm on the outs guys. man i'm on the outs bro like i feel like i'm i feel like i'm an alien in, in hey, Lakerland, man. man, I feel like I'm. Hey, I feel like basketball I'm season place, right around the corner, man. Oh, I'm right ready. I'm ready, man. Listen, I, I've, I've got thoughts. I'll, I'll save them for another podcast. But uh, yeah, it, uh, I'm. 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 I'm not your average Laker fan. Let's just put it. <laughs>
for sure, for sure. So you guys make sure y'all check them. Give them your socials too. Uh, where, where yeah, man. Uh, at D Man, yeah, good, good, good catch. Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at D Manuel Brown. Just my full name, D Manuel Brown, and then uh, that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Manuel Brown, Snapchat, Manny Bro fifteen. But yeah, Snap, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, man, D Manuel Brown. There you go, there you go. But well, you guys have been listening long enough. You know where to catch me. Uh, it's 12 Kyle across the board on the socials. Uh, this podcast, like all of my podcasts, drop every Thursday at midnight. Uh, from time to time, we drop bonus episodes on Sundays at midnight. So it's important that you do subscribe. Uh, that's going to do it for us. So for my boy, Manny Brown, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.